thank you, Andrea, for for that incredible worship. Um, yeah, I trust that you all have been been blessed um, and filled with His Spirit as we've come together to worship um, mm. Him tonight. Amen. Mm. Tonight's going to be a little different. Um, this week, as I've been preparing and uh, really checking out, like, what am I wanting to do with this sermon? Um, I've really wrestled with it because it's been a hard week for me. Uh, kind of struggled with motivation, um, but also just struggling with lockdown fatigue and a whole lot of other things. And so yesterday I tried recording this sermon like four times. Eventually just gave up and I was like, I'm not even in a place to be able to preach right now. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we've changed things up and I'm inviting my dad just to come and join in, um, in, in a discussion really around, around the book of Acts. Last week we had Bevan sharing so well on the birth of, of Acts. And next week we have um, Songhezo from Langer Baptist. He's going to be joining us. That's going to be really, really cool. So cool. Yeah. And then, um, and then Dad's going to be doing one um, the week after. Um, hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm going to be speaking, well, we're going to be speaking on the growth of the early church, which hmm. seems a little bit weird to be speaking about in a time of lockdown. Um, how does, how does the church grow when we're all told to go back home? Um, and at, at times it almost feels like, cool, this should be a time where we're actually just trying to um, hold on to everything that we have instead of looking forward towards growth. But uh, scripture often challenges that view. So let's pray as we dive into the, this evening's message and, uh, and go forward from there. Cool. Lord Jesus, we thank you that even in the hard days and in the good days, you're still with us. You're still moving and challenging us and, and shaping us. Tonight, Father, we invite you to come and to transform us, to lead us, to challenge us. But we also invite your spirit to come and comfort us, to re-strengthen us, re-energize us. In the name of Jesus. So can I ask you, um, are you are you feeling more up to it now? Um, how are you able to pick yourself up from a place where this just felt like a bridge too far? Mm. So I think yesterday was a lot of frustration. I had had like four lectures in the day, which is way more than anyone should have on online. Um, also, uh, just kind of got myself into a space of feeling like having to do a performance, having to put up a person who I'm not. Um, and and also at the same time trying to fit this in to become an assignment for seminary as well. Um, trying to kill too many birds with one stone. And I, I think going home last night realizing, okay, there's some things that I just have to lay aside. Um, this is not about how many things that I can get out of this, but it's actually being obedient to Jesus and to his spirit, showing what he's leading. Mm. Um, and then also uh, an understanding that, um, yeah, it's, it's not me that needs to be proclaiming and preaching. It's, it's mm. the Holy Spirit through His Word, through me. Mm. Um, and we spent some time just praying this morning, which was really, really helpful. Um, and, and Shan also really helped um, yesterday, just bringing a lot of peace. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, went home, had a nap. Always a good, <laughs> always a good, good thing. Um, and yeah, kind of really decided cool I'm going to leave that 
yeah. drop that for now. You know, this, that space that I was in wasn't helpful. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. So what's our reading? Cool. So we're going to be looking at the book of Acts. Surprise, surprise. Um, and, and starting off at, at Acts chapter 2. Now last week, Bevan spoke a little bit about the beginning of Acts chapter 2, how they were all meeting in one room. And the self-sustaining Spirit of God birthed in them the church. Uh, and it was like non-discriminate. It just came and it was powerful. Mm. Um, after this comes something incredible. Peter stands up and he addresses the crowd. And they're going, what on earth is going on here? This is really weird. Everyone's speaking in our tongues. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And, um, and so he addresses this and says, no, this is from the book of Joel. This is something that we've seen for a long time coming. Yeah. And, and he, he does like a really good, you know, a few points. He speaks from yeah. David. Yeah. Um, I like the summary in the Alpha course. Um, mm. It says, uh, this is biblical because mm. Peter goes to scripture and says, this is what scripture's been talking about all along mm. also says basically what you're seeing is actually jesus although mm. you killed him this is jesus this is jesus alive mm. and he's alive by his spirit mm. and and then sort of like the the, the third point um because mm. god always speaks in threes apparently <laughs> through preachers <laughs> yeah. is uh, this is for you you know Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord mm. gets saved. And so this is for you. This is biblical. This is Jesus. Even this Holy mm. Spirit, powerful experience that leaves people completely amazed or skeptical and cynical. Mm. This experience is, is Jesus. This Holy mm. Spirit is what Jesus produces. Yes, this is yeah. what it'll look like when you give your, your heart and your life mm. and everything about you to Jesus. And of course, this is for you. Mm. This promise is for you, for your children, etc., etc. Yeah, and 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 they ask him, well, how do we receive this? How do mm. we step into this? And uh, and he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, mm. and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for mm. all whom the Lord our God will call. Mm. An incredible, incredible. Um, promise that actually this is going way beyond us when we step into a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then it, it finishes with basically, I mean, the church has gone from being 120 people to 3,120 people, <laughs> which is a ridiculous, I, I, I don't know if you can plan for that. Like, what do you do if you have to suddenly have 3,000 people come I don't know if Zoom can accommodate 3,120 <laughs> people. It's, um, just, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. you suddenly go from, cool, I'm a life group leader of, you know, 12 people to I'm a life group leader of 312 people. Well, I, I guess, actually, I, you're a life group leader of life group leaders. Yeah. That's yeah. what had to happen. That mm. the people who had been receiving ministry suddenly by the Holy Spirit become the people who are discipling and leading ministry. No, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, the 12 apostles, sure, they were preaching loads. Yeah. But they were obviously having to delegate loads. And we see a little bit of that later on in Acts. Mm. Um, but we see this church, because um, there was a whole bunch of people that came from all over, and then they're mm. going to be scattered. They're not going to stay in Jerusalem. They're going to go back to places that they, where they came from. But before this even happens, they speak about how they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, mm. um, to learning what is this faith that we've stepped into, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Mm. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So that's our punchline. Yeah. The growth of the church. Um, mm. We see it at the beginning of this little reading, 3,000. But that mm. wasn't, wasn't like a one-off. Mm. So Josh, um, yeah, take us through this journey of growth. What, uh, what are we seeing in this book if we zoom out, mm. etc.? Yeah, we wanted to take a look at the book of, of Acts as a whole. And, and Luke starts the story earlier. And he starts it with a, a, a man named Jesus. Um, in the book of Luke, and he shows a, a journey from uh, Galilee all the way down to Jerusalem and, mm. and the significance of different stages. Mm. And now he takes that journey and, and he turns it around and goes, cool, we made it to Jerusalem. Jesus did what he needed to do. He accomplished that. But he set a mission. Mm. Um, and, he, and he says uh, in Acts chapter 1, you know, I'm sending out to Judea, Samaria, and to the rest of the world. And in Acts, it begins to explode and unpack like that. So in the beginning, mm. we see in Jerusalem, um, where this story happened, um, incredible things happen. Mm. But already a foretaste of the rest of the world is seen in there. Mm. Uh, and then it begins to move. Uh, so you say the foretaste is Jews from all over the world yes, were immediately yeah. impacted. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yes. So the rest of the world was already, already starting to be in there, which is really, really exciting. It's a bit of a picture of the reverse of the Genesis story of the Tower of Babel, mm, in sure. which um, languages were used to disperse people, mm. um, and, and, and that was because of the sinfulness of humankind. But when God comes, He takes those languages, redeems them, and He uses languages mm. to bring those dispersed and diverse people back into one space. No, for sure. Yeah. And, and the Holy Spirit's the real champion of the book of Acts. Uh, originally, it was called the Acts of the Apostles. Um, but it's been just called the book of Acts. And mm. the, the real main headline figure throughout it all is the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, you have people like Peter and then mm. Paul. Um, but throughout all the different things, the Holy Spirit's the one who's doing it. Mm. And we see this move from Judea. Um, there were a couple of significant people that were chosen to, to look after, you know, caring for the widows. Mm. And of that was a man named Stephen. And then he was persecuted. Mm. And persecution broke out in Jerusalem. And so they started to scatter. And this incredible man named Philip. So, so suffering and persecution is, although not from God, is always in the ability of God to turn it into something the church can see as another growth engine. No, for sure. And, and we, we spoke about that at the beginning of lockdown and the suffering thing. Yeah. Um, is that even though there's so many reasons why we can see, look, God doesn't enjoy it when we're suffering and, mm. and he longs for a time when we're not going to be suffering. At the same time, he's mm. going, there's nothing that's coming against me that I'm going to not be able to overcome and mm. see my will coming about because of this. Mm. Um, and so this man named Philip, he, he goes to a place called Samaria, which is the second um, place that Jesus said, you know, Judea, Samaria. Mm. And in this place, um, he encounters some, a, a sorcerer named Simon and he basically just smacks him silly and people start coming to faith. Um, the, the power of the Holy Spirit completely undid the power of anything else in that space. Mm. And so as a man who was potentially actually quite fearful, running for his life from persecution, yeah. ends up in another place and the Holy Spirit breaks out through him. And it starts to undo all that thing, you know. He's like, why, why are you afraid kind of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then there's another foretaste in chapter 8, that same chapter, um, beginning to echo into the rest of the world where he encounters the Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah. And sees him I, I love what it says, by the way, mm. about Samaria as they were in that space. And remember, this is a persecuted church fleeing, but as they carry Jesus, 
one of the punchlines is, and there was great joy in that city. Samaria, mm. they're just suddenly experiencing great joy in that city. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and what's significant about the Sumerians was yeah. that they were almost like half-Jews. So yeah. in Jewish history, they were from what was considered the Northern Kingdom, which yeah. was then scattered. No recollection of them is ever found. Mm. And they intermarried with the Assyrians and so became... Sumerians as it were mm. um, and so they were often looked down upon by the Jews um, and so we get the story of the Good Samaritan to shame the Jews um, that mm. thought they were also good mm. um, and, and, and bring life change that way and so we see they started off in Judea with people that are like them mm. then people who are similar to them mm. but but probably significantly different yes yes yeah. and then from there it begins to explode into the rest of the world and we see especially through um, uh, firstly, the change from Jews to Gentile in chapter 10, where yeah. Peter goes to Cornelius and he's going, hang on, this is a whole different ball game that's going on. Yeah, it has to be one of the most amazing stories and crazy stories. I mean, Peter gets visited mm. within a, in a vision, Cornelius gets visited by an angel, the angel gives travel instructions, and, and there's a whole lot of stuff that's going on, completely supernatural, and so mm. Cornelius calls all his friends and says, Hey, I've had an angel come and tell me that a guy called Peter is going to walk through the door yeah, yeah. and come and tell us how to follow God. Mm. And uh, going, how do you know? No, no, well, an angel told me. So they all hanging around. You, can, you must imagine, there must have been some serious skepticism in that place. Right? <laughs> yeah. And Peter's, you know, walking along, just kind of going, okay, well, I had this vision that said I mustn't call unclean what God has called clean. Mm. And they walk into this room and this thing has been completely set up by God. Like, like... Imagine just knowing that God has completely set up this encounter. Mm, mm. Yeah. And it is, it's remarkable. And, mm. it's, and it's the second Pentecost in a sense, as mm. they see the exact same signs and, mm. um, you know, people are praying out in tongues and, and, yeah. uh, and then they get baptized and, and are incorporated into the church. Now, Peter yeah. has a lot of flack from that that he has to defend from there. Yeah. Um, and, and simultaneously at this time, we hear the story of Saul. Mm. Um, and we're going to look at Saul a little bit later, but he yeah. then becomes Paul mm-hmm. and goes into the rest of the world um, as almost spearheading the, the gospel yeah. towards the, the, the known world at that time. Okay, so we've got this thing starting back in Luke, almost mm. like a hick town, Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? Yes, yeah. Um, and, and Luke's story, it, it does transition into the book of Acts, but there's this huge continuity. Mm. But you're still dealing with this really small group of people migrated to Jerusalem, now Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. The book of Romans, I mean, the book of Acts, just mm. before we get to Romans, um, <laughs> ends in Rome with um, this open-ended, it's, it's just like Paul still preaching, and there's, mm. there's like no closure to the book. What, what makes you, uh, what do you think uh, about a book that just sort of like, almost, it doesn't quite stop mid-sentence, but mm. It, mm. it's like there's more to be written. No, for sure, and, and I think, you know, there's a lot of reasons that people go into behind why was the book written, is mm. it a defense for Paul, you know, all these yeah. sorts of things, but, but ultimately it leaves us as a reader with a challenge yeah. of, you know, there's so much more being unpacked yeah. uh, in this book. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the mission and the story of the early church didn't end there significantly. Yeah. Um, and it leaves us with the challenge of what was happening, but it also leaves us with the challenge of, you know, we mm. can join in. So if it's open-ended, it's open-ended in terms of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things. Just comment on that in terms of what's happening now. It was 
was very closed initially. Mm. Even mm. Jesus felt his mission was, you know, he declared, I, I first start with the lost people of Israel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but by the time this narrative is, is reaching its, its pinnacle, this book is wide open in terms of people. Mm. What are the implications of that? Well, there's a few. I think, firstly, the church was incredibly adaptable. Yeah. Um, it would go into completely different situations. And, <laughs> I mean... You couldn't yeah. get more different from, from to Jerusalem, Jerusalem to Rome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the or emphasis of Corinth. Yeah, the, yeah. the paganism that was, that was involved there, the incredible spiritual opposition. Yeah. Um, you know, in some cities, the biggest opposition were people that should be friendly, you know, the Jews. Yeah. And then in other cities, the biggest opposition was actually because they were just coming up against incredibly evil powers of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And incredibly, the church looked different in each of those mm-hmm. ones. Sometimes it was, you know, just a jailer and a merchant that are chilling together with the, with the house church going there. Um, and other times... And you know, a slave girl. And a slave girl, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, other times you have churches that, you know, have like a, a strong sense of, of elders. Mm. Um, in, in one of the cities, I can't remember which one, Paul literally stays in the same place and preaches for two years. Ephesus. In Ephesus, yeah. Mm. yeah. And uh, at the end of that time, it says that the whole region around mm. heard the gospel, which is really difficult if you've sat in one place. Yeah. And so you see the church is taking on something they're being imparted with and equipping and running. Yeah. So, so the other thing that's open-ended is the sense, I mean, some people talk about the book of Acts as almost like the supernatural starts winding down a bit, which I, I think you just got to reread it. Yeah. Um, the, you know, when Paul's on a Malta, right towards the end of the book, all the sick people get healed. Yeah. Um, you know, the governor gets healed, demons are cast out, they're saved from, a, um, from dying in shipwrecks, and God is just as involved, just as mm. the angels are still talking and whatever. The, the book is open-ended in terms of the Holy Spirit. Mm, mm, no, what, sure. is, what does that mean for us? I, I think, um, you know, following the logic that we had of, of the church growing and adapting and being for us now as well, yeah. the Holy Spirit is still around and for us. Um, mm, and, mm. and the same God who was really excited about seeing growth and, and life-changing um, mm. and was active in that is still pursuing that now. Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah, and then one of the things is that the book closes; it doesn't end. It sort of like transitions with a statement that Paul's carrying on preaching the same gospel, this kingdom. Mm, mm. Uh, comment on that? Yeah, the even though it is going into completely different areas, the yeah. message, the heart, um, mm-hmm. the DNA of, of what was being said was still the same. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't have to compromise on the gospel whether they were speaking to a Gentile or to a Jew. They, they might have delivered it differently so that mm. the Gentile can understand the rich history that's coming from the, the Jewish background. Yeah. And, and they didn't need to explain that to the Jews, so they presented it differently. Yeah. Um, but the truth of it, the, the gospel truth that was being told was consistent throughout. And, um, you know, he, he's, he, he says later that he doesn't come with persuasive um, arguments or crazy mm. words or things that are like confusing. He's like, I'm just living this out and I'm... And I'm sharing the same gospel, this gospel that you've heard. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. So one of the things that's absolutely key, though, and, and there is a reason why it's sometimes called the Acts of the Apostles, mm. is because people play a huge role, or God plays a huge role, and the Holy Spirit plays this massive role in making people different. 
Now, I, I, I mean, we're facing huge challenges, make no mistake, right now. Mm. And people are talking about um, and prophetically calling out the fact that this is a season in which God wants to release a huge move of God. That it's time to see another Pentecost. It's time to see revival like mm. we've never seen it before. It's time to see old divisions fall. Now, one of my concerns, I mean, I'm thrilled and, and say, yes, Lord. But one of the things I'm seeing is, is that people are going, yes, but the revival looks like, and mm. pretty much, it looks like what I've always believed all along. Mm. In other words, one of my difficulties is I'm not seeing people wrestle with really deeply, economically, socially, mm. um, structurally, and personally, how do I need to change if this is a time of revival? Mm. I promise you, it's not going to be more of the same. It's not going to be even better of the same. And, and my concern at the moment is that we're saying, God, is it work? This is an amazing opportunity. If only people would become like me. Mm. Mm. Sure. You, you know, they would finally see the world as I see it. Mm. Um, and I just, I think that's a dead certain failure for revival and renewal. Mm. So maybe you could comment on the extent of change happening to people mm. uh, in this book because it's, it's actually our ability to get in step with God mm. Mm. and change that actually plays a huge role in this book. Yes, and, and I think that's a real challenge. Um, yeah. First, you've got to acknowledge that when the Holy Spirit came and acted in this church, mm. there were completely diverse people that were coming, people from all over the world that we're now coming and being grafted into the same faith. Mm. Um, we, we read in, in chapter 13 where you know, they're, they're sitting around and they're talking with a bunch of prominent people in the church. Mm. And, and there are people from all over mm. um, that, um, that just display a real sense of diversity in this church. Mm. And, and the Holy Spirit was transforming people through this movement, through the growth of the church. And, mm. and I think there was definite... Some, some people it was quicker than others. You know, Saul was, a, was an incredible conversion from going from a persecutor, mm. um, someone who was there holding the coats while they were stoning Stephen, yeah. to being a follower, and then later being persecuted. Mm. Um, and uh, mm. very intense as, as his radical change within him aligned mm. himself to Jesus, yeah. and, and it, it completely switched the situation for him. Yeah. So, uh, so the, the growth of the church is unlocked by the change of the individual. Yes, yeah. I'm wanting to there's, see... There's no church growth without real deep life change. Yes, yeah. Okay. I'm wanting to see change in the people and the places around me I'm needing to change. And this was something I was challenged with a lot last year. Uh, towards mm -hmm. the end of last year, for those of you who are walking that journey with me, uh, there was a lot of things where I had to step back to go, I'm wanting to lead something that's different. Mm -hmm. I need to become different. I'm so used to the ways in which I've been doing things for so long. Mm. What am I changing? What are the questions that I'm asking? Who are the people that I'm leading into? Mm. Um, and transformation is something that, uh, yeah, is, is done through the Spirit, but it's something where there's an mm. obedience from our part that needs to come with that. Mm. Um, what are the things that I'm, that I'm taking up? What are the things that I'm letting go? Mm. Um, mm. And uh, we, we see incredible changes. Peter, for example, went from being a fisherman um, yeah, some of them, one of the most stubborn people. Notorious. Yeah. 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 Um, to, to then being someone who was a follower, devoted to then being someone who was followed uh, yeah. because of his example of Jesus. Wow. wow. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, that gives me real hope because I'm a stubborn person and make lots of mistakes. Um, that's genetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you as well, but you know. <laughs> um, and the transformation, the change that we see in lives of people mm. um, is almost as significant as the changes that we see in the communities that they go into. For, yeah. for example, Samaria yeah. being a place of such joy. Yeah. Um, and, and this is why I still think that this message of growth yeah. is so important even now during coronaviruses. Mm. Um, the message that we bring and that we carry is so much more than just people one day going to heaven. Yeah. Uh, there is real impacts when gospel spreads um, people change mm. and if we're not seeing people change as a result of the gospel then we're preaching a gospel that's you know really it's it's cheap for them and it's cheap for us because uh, mm. if we say that you can follow jesus and you can continue just the way that you are mm. you're not going to see the power unlocked that we see in scripture mm. um yeah uh, you know back to acts 2 this is awe and wonder mm. and yet there's joy and sincerity they, mm. they're meeting together okay they went in lockdown so they're allowed to go to each other's homes but there was something mm. um and, and they they were both glad and sincere so there was there was nothing fake this isn't mm. triumphalist mm. um where you know well it doesn't matter what's going on we're going to win this the book has saturated with having to make sacrifices at times and, mm. and, and real costly obedience. In fact, when Paul is called, Ananias is told in, in, the, in the conversion of Saul that, that one of the things that Paul's going to find out is how much he must suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus. Mm. But at the same time, so there's this reality, there's this deep honesty, and yet at the same time there's this real joy. This, this joy that's not just because I heard a funny joke or mm, whatever. Mm. It's it's not just laughter, although it obviously includes that. Mm. Um, but there's something so full of integrity in this space, something so meaningful about this kind of community. Mm. So so this is obviously carried by a core message. Mm. You want to mm. comment on on the core message that it kind of is able to produce this kind of life change both for individuals and for a whole community. Mm. Sure. Uh, you know, the gospel, mm. where, in, in the way that Jesus, uh, the story of Jesus when he comes proclaiming the gospel, he's proclaiming mm. the kingdom of mm. heaven. Um, and it carries in it the sense of um, Jesus and his being is coming with a new kingdom that's at war with an old kingdom. Mm. The, the battle is won, but we're still taking, mm. taking um, territories and, mm. and having to fight still for it. Mm. Um, and, and what this looks like is that as we join in, mm. uh, we become like glorious deserters that are then promoted into places of high authority. Mm. Um, so, you know, in, in, in the contrast of we, we're going about actively undoing the kingdom before we come to faith and then mm. we, we're coming into a place where we're actively implementing the kingdom mm. and and that which is evil is, mm. is beginning to be undone yeah um and, and i think the proclamation of this um is is really important if we look at, at for example in, in acts chapter 14 mm. um let's let's dig into that because i think this is this is a roller coaster ride that really helps us unpack okay how do we share what, what's, what's going on here? Mm. Um, and um, the urgency of this message that, that they were carrying. So Iconium, um, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. 
Um, so that they would start off with that which they knew, then those who sort of knew, and then everyone. They spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, mm. who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and others with the apostles. Mm. There was a plot afoot amongst the, both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mis mistreat them and to stone them. But they found out about it, and then they fled into the Lysonian? How do you even say that? <laughs> Cities of Lystra and Derby, and to the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the gospel. So they could see there's already a sense of urgency that even mm. when there's you know, bad times are coming, in yeah. and amidst the good times, we're still going. Yeah, and they preach the gospel. They just continue. <laughs> they just keep going. Yeah. I mean, really, talk about stubbornness. But yeah. uh, this is just the beginning. Yeah. In Lystra, they sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Then Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in Lysonian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. <laughs> they, Barnabas they called Zeus, the main god of the, the Greek pantheon, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker, who was kind of like the, you know, the messenger of, yeah. of, of the Greek pantheon. Uh, Zeus's herald. Yeah. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and um, wreaths to the city gates because he, he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. So you can see a bit of a contrast here from before. You, you know, they, mm. they're planning to kill you to now they, they think you're gods and are like offering sacrifices to you. Um, but when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out to the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human, like you. We are bringing you good news and telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And, and so they're coming with all these incredible good things, mm. and they're still not swayed. Um, they, they're still going, you know what, the most important thing is sharing the gospel. And in fact, they use that an as an opportunity um, mm. to, to spread the gospel. Um, and even still, they had difficulty, it says, keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. But then something crazy happens. The crowd is a fickle thing. And people from Iconium, where they started, came mm. across and started um, stirring up trouble. Yeah. Um, and they won the crowd over, it says in, in uh, 14 verse 19. And they stoned Paul uh, from literally wanting to offer sacrifices him, to mm. him, to stoning him. They dragged him outside of the city, thinking he was dead. Uh, but the, after the disciples gathered around him, he just got up, went back to the city, and the next day, uh, he and Barnabas left for Derby. It has to be one of the most understated answers to prayer. Sometimes answers to prayer don't immediately... You, you can't claim it's a miracle, but this guy's just been stoned, thrown out for dead. And I can bet you that the disciples who gathered around him <laughs> were not standing there thinking, oh dear, what do we do now? They yeah. were praying up a storm. Yeah, yeah. And incredible that 
you know, being left for dead, he gets up and is completely mobile and moves on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these guys were hungry to share the gospel. There was mm-hmm. something inside them that was burning. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is part of the transformation that I think we should all be seeking, is this mm-hmm. hunger and desperation to share it with others. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and they went about it really in three things. And I like to think of it as three Ps, you know, because uh, alliteration is always good. Uh, the first was with presence. Mm-hmm. There was... The presence of the Holy Spirit, very evident in them. Mm. Um, you know, they were constantly being led by the Spirit to go to different places. We see later the Spirit would say, don't go to Macedonia, you know, go this way. Mm. Um, and, and they were also there amongst the people. People mm. could see them, people can see their life example. Um, and, uh, and this we know, I mean, uh, we often hear t- people talk about, you know, preach the gospel at all times if necessary, use words. Mm. We see from, from these guys that they definitely <laughs> needed to use words. Um, find it difficult to find an example where it's not necessary to use words. Yeah. Um, well, the problem is if we don't use words, then people think either we're mystical mm. or we just good works people. In mm. other words, they, you only discover grace. And it's, and it's real power when someone explains the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. And, and if you just see people being good, mm-hmm. then you think, oh, they try. The, the default is that's what I need to do to be saved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we've got to be real careful. Of course we've got to do good. That is absolutely mm-hmm. fundamental. But it cannot be with a mute a message on mute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And then when we mess up, yeah. um, it... it can almost feel like, oh, I've been living, preaching the gospel my whole life, and now I've suddenly broken the power of the gospel, whereas yeah. instead, in our weakness, in our frailty, that's when the gospel sounds most pure. Yeah. Um, no, we always preach a better gospel than we live. Yeah. Um, let's just be honest. Uh, yeah. you know, who of us is actually sufficient to fully live out the gospel? We always proclaim a better gospel than we are able to live as much as we try and live it with all our hearts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, you know, as much as we try and live it with all our hearts, is really, mm. um, you know, people could see the genuineness mm. of their faith, of their belief. Um, yeah. You know, if, if someone stones someone, and then the guy carries on, continues living exactly the way before, you must know that he's really passionate about what he believes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and the second P is power. So you have presence, um, the presence of the Spirit within you mm. and around you, and then you actually being with the people in their space, mm. significant, you know. Um, not always, he didn't always call people to his space, but it was in their space. Um, mm. Second was power. I mean, he mm. sees an opportunity for the spirit to, like, prompting him, this guy's got faith to be healed. Mm. Dude, stand up. Yeah. And he gets up and walks. Yeah. And constantly, you see, God had the grace for them to perform signs mm. and wonders in mm. that space. And we see the spirit is on full display. Mm. Power is mm. just coming from these people. And we're going to get into that power in a few mm. weeks' time. Mm. Um, but then significantly, and I think this is where we sometimes get tripped. Let's just clarify that. Hopefully we're in the power of the Spirit already. We're just going to talk about it as a sermon topic. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, You know, we, we're, we're in it, and we want it to continue to be in it. But sometimes if we don't know what it is we're carrying, we're missing out on so much of what's available. And yeah. so we're excited for that one. Um, yeah. But the third P, I think, is really significant, because it's something that I have forgotten a lot of the time, and that's mm-hmm. proclamation. Um, Often, when the Spirit's moved in power, we have an opportunity and a responsibility mm-hmm. to be proclaiming, who is it that's done this thing? Yeah. And, and sharing that testimony with believers, with non-believers. And, and we begin, we've begun learning this as PBC is yeah. going, 
when God does incredible things, mm. you know, we share in the spoils of it. Uh, we yeah. spoke a lot about that and explore yeah. when we share the testimony of it. Mm. Um, but also we begin to, to undo what the enemy's doing in people who are non-believers mm. when we use those times uh, to proclaim the gospel. And Paul and Barnabas continuously, you see that the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit led them towards going, this is the gospel. You yeah. can see what I'm saying is true and evident because of the power and signs and wonders around us. Um, so a real up-to-date example from the last week or two <clears> is, and, and in some ways, uh, it just reminds me of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul writes, not to this particular area, um, they, they're across now in, in an area, he's writing to an area in Greece, but he says, we know brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words. Mm. They came with words. They definitely came with words. Um, they proclaimed something. But it also came with power, mm. with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. We carried a conviction that became your conviction. And that conviction ran really deep. Mm. And, and there's something about this conviction and this integrity in this space um, there's a guy in our church, and it's and in a sense, it's his story to tell. And so I won't I won't let on who who it is. But mm. for a number of years, we've kind of been in connection and and had conversations on and off in different ways. Um, that uh, where he said to me, "Listen, I just he said to me, I'm just going to keep my integrity intact. I can't say with full integrity mm. that I believe. Um, certainly not in the way you guys do." Um, I, I, I want to, I'm working towards it, but I can't say with integrity that I believe until COVID, until recently and, and facing a whole bunch of challenges, including loss of income and, and other things. And so we began just engaging in different ways. Um, and, and so there were conversations between us and, um, and, and also experiencing the church's practical love and care in mm. terms of the care for COVID support to families that have lost incomes and stuff like that. Mm. And after w one particular time, I, I, we were on the phone and, and the family, their family got together. And we prayed together. And a little bit later, I phoned the dad and I said to him, you know, you've always said to me with, you know, honesty, integrity, intact, you can't say that you believe. Now I challenge you with honesty and integrity, seeing the way your heart has turned to God through this time of hardship. Can you say with integrity that you don't believe? Mm. And, and he, he got quite emotional. And he said, you're right. You're right with all my heart. Mm. I've come to a place where I know mm. that I believe. And uh, yeah, so next steps will be baptism and who knows what, when mm. and how. Yeah. But the reality of it is, is, you know, sometimes we think that honesty and deep conviction um, and integrity require us almost to deny the gospel. Sure. Yeah. Um, but Paul has this picture that deep integrity and deep conviction and living true to himself. Mm. He's reached the point where being deeply true to himself and the convictions inside of him mm. is actually being deeply true to the gospel and mm. to the faith mm. uh, that he proclaims. Sure. Mm. That is powerful. That's real powerful. Mm. I think we've said incredible, incredible things and, and discussed mm. um, 
just such an incredible time in our church history mm. um, that that was explosive, that was powerful, that was mm. impactful, that looked at a broken world mm. and, yeah, transformed it completely. Uh, you know, a couple hundred years after this, it wasn't too long, um, but just long enough, mm. the whole world was suddenly impacted by this message. Mm. Um, sure, there were not always some good things that were happening in and around the early church. You know, Paul had some scathing things to correct them on and, it was a it was a learning journey for everyone, um, but there's some incredible lessons that we can learn and take from mm. there. Um, cool. Shall I pray? Yeah, pray for us. Mm. Hmm. Lord, we want to say thank you that this incredible message of grace did not stay stuck in one church. Mm. Mm. It did not stay stuck in one place. We want to say thank you that Acts of the Holy Spirit, Acts of the Apostles, is an mm -hmm. open-ended book. Yeah. And that even tonight, right where we are, mm -hmm. this potential, this power, this conviction, this passion, this focus, and this ability to change lives mm -hmm. is ours to access today. So we just say thank you for this good news. Thank you for its power. Mm -hmm. Lord, we want to just place ourselves before you for deep change. Mm -hmm. Lord, forgive us when we've kind of assumed that change just means becoming a slightly better version of me. Yeah. Lord, forgive us for setting our sights so low. Mm -hmm. These guys in, in Acts and in Thessalonica and wherever, they set their sights on you. Your life became their model. Your spirit became their power. Your message became their message. And that's what saw this church explode. Yeah. So guys, I bless you to set your heart, your ambition, your passion, your longing on Jesus, on the gift of the Father that comes by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I bless you with boldness. So maybe right now you want to think of just one or two people that you maybe prayed for on and off. People that you are longing would come to real and genuine faith. They may be more open than you know. Mm -hmm. Just bring them to mind. Give them to Jesus. Mm. Ask him to fill you with his love for them and his longing for them. Mm. And then we say, Lord Jesus, for all of us, bring your courage, bring your boldness, bring your faith, bring this. We will not bend, we will not break, we will not detour, we will not derail, because this gospel is that which has come to govern our lives. Mm. I bless you guys with boldness. Bless you with, yeah, just Holy Spirit access points. In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, what?